people i am jared the football genius burgess and we got a special guest here today my brother sometimes y'all hear me call him him downstairs most of the time you hear me call him l one of my closest friends lamont thompson what up, know, what up people? what's good bro thanks for having me on here man and, of course of uh, course man. stephanie i'm, I'm holding i'm gonna hold you i'm gonna try to hold it down for you stephanie <laughs> we're gonna get yeah. you back on our kids too much podcast too because we oh, yeah. definitely set you up in the day to game <laughs> yeah <laughs> look, look i she i think she she hated the idea of that but i thought i thought it would have been super dope you know what i'm saying for her to do it and it's yeah. funny man I, I gotta i gotta thank you for coming on because um I know, uh, um, and shout out to Stephanie, when, when we first, when she, she first talking about taking this sabbatical, she, one of the first people she mentioned was like, all right, we got to get L on. So I appreciate you being yeah. able to like, come on, especially at such short notice, bro. We, you know. No, thanks for calling on me, man. Uh, you of course. Know, I, get, I got my sports hat on. I got my weekend at Bernie's on. Right? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm switching caps today. I'm talking sports. We doing this, man. Feel to the real podcast. We in here, you know. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Of course. This is episode 135. And when I I'm talked home. to Stephanie, she was very upset that she couldn't be on for this episode because <laughs> it's a whole bunch that went down to sports this week. Whole you know? lot. And we're gonna get to as much of it as we can get to. Um, but let's start off obviously with who's really right. Um man, we looking at this this. Um, basketball season and for me I don't really get excited about the basketball season until after the all-star game um, but it's with so many different storylines this year you know I've been having to keep my eye on it uh, we all know that I'm a LeBron fan you know what I'm saying <laughs> I, you and not, just for the, for the record I'm not a LeBron yeah yeah no 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 of course you know but Michael Jordan's the GOAT. Yeah. He added style to the game. We better, yeah. we better put that out there. <laughs> and y'all already know my GOAT is, is, is GOAT James. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's something we, we routinely, you know what I'm saying, not necessarily have debate about, but kind of like go back and forth with every once in a while. Yeah. But, you know, it's fun. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to even really tell. And y'all know, as much as I dislike Michael Jordan, I got to give it up for his impact on the game. Like, he came in and these contracts that are inflated now would not be where they are with the fact that, you know, he made the game global. So he I brought style to props. the game, man. He brought style to the game. Props. It's like, it's like adding another genre to music. He added yeah. a whole another genre to basketball in the way that it's played. Yeah. Why well, let's jump into this. Who's really right. Somebody who, uh, well, no, I wouldn't say no, anybody compares him to Michael Jordan, but some people um, compare his competitiveness to the competitiveness of a Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, and that's Russell Westbrook. Now, we know Russell Westbrook was traded to the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Lakers um, a few months back, and they haven't been doing as well as he would have probably or anybody would have thought in these first few games. 
And so I, who's really right for this week is, is this Westbrook experience in LA a failure? And so as I guess, I'm going to let you go. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I'm a DC guy. We DC guys, man. He yeah. came from the Wizards. He, he got traded from the Wizards to the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, we got a chance to see Russell Westbrook in the playoffs with the Wizards last year. Mm-hmm. And at some point in the playoffs, it just felt like he gave up. It felt like he buckled down and he wasn't the same. He didn't have the same venom, the same energy uh, yeah. that he displayed throughout the season that got us to the playoffs. I'm mm-hmm. thankful for the season that we were able to get, get him and he partook. You know, he was able to partake in that. And I know Bradley Bill was down for, you know, a few mm-hmm. games and, and Westbrook stepped up for the Wizards, you know. Um, and uh, so then he got traded to the Lakers and it just seems like it's still early. So I don't want to count him out. Right. But right. like he just doesn't have that same energy that he wants that that we are accustomed to seeing from him that we want to yeah. see from him. He's not giving us what we want right now yeah. as fans of the game. Um yeah, man. Uh, he lends his experience now as more of a veteran player mm-hmm. uh, on the bench, but you got to give Rondo a chance, man, to do his thing because yeah. I think Rondo's the the point guard that's going to give them give them the better chance in the playoffs later on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I do agree with that because I'm a big fan of Rondo. I'm a big fan of what he brings to the game as a floor general. And he very rarely turns the ball over over something that Westbrook does quite often. Right, right. Um, one thing I will say is that um, while it is too early, right, but I think that something has to be said for team chemistry and meshing, and so I wouldn't call this a failure. I know that it's easy to do. I know it's easy to say, oh, look at them, you know, Westbrook's playing right. awful. right. You know, but when I feel like when LeBron gets back, when he gets healthy and all the pieces start to kind of move together, we'll see a lot of improvement from them. Just like you can't just throw a player on a team and stir. Right. And we're starting to see that. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. We're starting to see that with um, Ben Simmons being extracted from that Philadelphia 76ers lineup because they're still dominant. Right. And figuring it out. They're most, figuring it out. Yeah. Most teams, yeah. Mo- most, most GMs would say, no, I'm not getting rid of a player like that, but is getting rid of him improving the team chemistry. And so we think about it like from an extraction point, we're talking about the 76ers, but is adding a player like Westbrook, you know, um, affecting team chemistry and can mm-hmm. that be fixed? And in my opinion, it can, especially with someone who plays with the, with the, ferocity of you know russell westbrook man it's an interesting dynamic over there because they have they're stacked right now man just just uncut talent mellow is is showing out yeah you know and i just wish westbrook would match that energy yeah, you know, Melo is no spring chicken. We already mm. we already know, but we know what he can bring to any game. Exactly, Westbrook. He's been we're not He's been seeing that. Yeah, we're yeah. not seeing it from Westbrook yet, and and it's almost a question. All right, well, it's still early, but how long do we wait to get that explosiveness from him? Right. How long do we wait to get him to guard the ball a little better? Is he playing hurt, and we just don't even know? 
That's a good you know? question. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because that's what I thought last playoff season. You know, last playoffs when he was with the mm-hmm. Wizards, it just seemed like one game he had that vigor, and then the next game he was walking. You know, across he was walking across half court line right. with the ball. You know, he's trying to set up the play, but he just didn't have that same explosiveness. And so it's a it's a bunch of question marks there for me. I think uh, give Rondo that that shot to take it. You know, the majority of the time. Yeah. Well, you know. So, well, let me address the, the 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 part about his time with the Wizards because I think what you know when you think about and you said it, Bradley Bill was out for a minute, right? Right. And Westbrook did a good job. I don't know if you remember, but we were fighting to get into the playoffs. We were like the number ten or right. number nine seed, and so right, you know, the fact that we even made it in was, you know, what I'm saying a feat. And so when you give that maximum effort that he gives for 82 games and then you get into the playoffs your body starts to wear off I mean your body starts to wear down down. wear down and so I think that's what we saw last year I think that's what we saw and you know like you said well you say mellow in the spring champion but with the way that Westbrook plays basketball like he ain't no spring chicken either you know what I'm saying the way Uh, he puts his body at all so um one of the things I would like to see is for him to, you know, for Vogel to spread out a little more time between um, Westbrook and Rondo so that you can West, uh, you can rest Westbrook's body a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. It'd, be, it'd be good to see that. Yeah. I just, I don't think he's the future of the Lakers franchise no, no. at point guard. He's the now of the yeah. Lakers. And that's what LeBron James is really good at. He's, he goes to a team. He becomes the now. It might take yeah. him a season to get there, a season or two, but he becomes mm-hmm. the now, and he creates that for a now team, yeah. which is great. Let's pick up basketball in a sense. He's got yeah. to play and pick up basketball right, right. now. Right, right. And I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of, yeah, well, yeah. It playoffs, playoffs turns into a little bit of a different beast, but it really yeah. is kind of pick up basketball. You see a whole bunch of isolations. You see, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Let's figure it out. These uh, first sixteen games. Let's do some stuff we probably never done before. Yeah. Uh, let's see, if, you know, with six, and then you know, that next sixteen to thirty-two, we're doing a whole. We 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 try. We getting in that rhythm. This is what our game plan is now. Yeah. You know, thirty-two and beyond. You you got to have it figured out by then. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, all right, man. You guys, let us know who you think is really right. Um. And we yeah, did have a poll th- too on Twitter, right? Yeah. Then we had a poll. Uh, who's a better point guard? Who's a better point guard? Lakers best yeah. Last time I looked at it, it was sixty-seven percent Rondo, thirty-three percent Westbrook, which is it's- where I where I figured it would fall. I think people, most people, understand who understand basketball, even at a very cursory level, understand that Rondo is a is a tremendous floor general, even though Westbrook's probably give, more give explosive. The player. They yeah. 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 yeah, give the people what they want. <laughs> let us know who you who. Uh, let us know who's really right. Do you think that um, this Westbrook experience is a failure? Yes, or no? It's too early to tell. All right, man. Listen, I, I, I could go really deep with this topic because you and I have had this conversation before about you know. Um, everybody trying to prove that they're hood or trying to prove that they're gangster in some way and this, that, and the third. And 
you're doing it on social media, you're pointing guns in the camera, and it's like, what are you attempting to prove by doing this? And if you're gonna be that idiotic and lose a multi-million job, multi-multi-million dollar job, then you deserve it. And so, give for me David that Arnett, money. Give me that money. Right. Lord, I, see what you're doing for I see what you're doing for others, Lord. Well, what I got to do? Do I need to wave a gun? So, do I? Nah. What, Lord? It, look, it looks like money. it looks like that's how you lose the money, <laughs> waving a gun on social media. Oh, Lord. Because former. Um, Las Vegas Raider David Arnett um, was having a disagreement with someone online and he waved a gun in his camera and told them to pull up and the Las Vegas Raider, Raiders who were still reeling off of the DUI situation with Henry Ruggs III immediately released Damon Arnett um, from their team and in my opinion he deserved it man like I, I just don't understand this, you know, I think one of the unique experiences that we have is that we grew up pre-social media and then, you know, we were, you know, adults when social media came out, but we were still kind of young enough to be able to navigate it and understand it, I guess, in a way that we understand that it's, it's a bit of fantasy involved right. in, in right. social media, not like people now are living their lives some of these youngers are living their lives on social media as if it's real life when the reality is we we i think we got a good grasp and a good understanding that this, this really you is remember fantasy. life before yeah you remember life before right internet honestly let's say i mean let's say what it is older millennials we remember life before internet when right. you had to actually see about somebody exactly. who was talking about you on the other side of town exactly you know? And, and, and you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm sure you have. Well, I know you have, not even I'm sure. <laughs> I know you have. I know you've been in situations where pull-ups happen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so, like, the fact that it, it looks, one, it looks corny. You know what I'm saying? To do it on social yeah. media. Yeah. It just looks corny because, for the most part, when, these, when we see these things, we know that nothing comes from them. Right? I've been in situations <laughs> where the pull-up turns into a melee. And so real people, real consequences happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not, it's not funny. It's not, you know what I'm saying? In my opinion, it's not something to be admired and you know what I'm saying, posted nah, and nah. blasted about. This this thing is multi-layered. This thing yeah. is multi-layered for, and I, I'll get into it, right? So uh the bro, what's the brother's name? Damon Arnett. Damon Arnett. Damon. Okay. Uh you brought up how we grew up it was a different thing. It was a different mm -hmm. time. Typically, it wasn't the loud, boisterous dude in the room that you worried about. Like mm -hmm. the guy that was showing his stuff and, you know, and talking all wild, he weak. Yeah. It was the guy that was quiet in the corner. He might not even adapt nobody up when he came in. You know, you don't even know who, who is this dude. You don't even know right. who man's is. Whose man's is this? That's where mm -hmm. that came from. You know what I'm saying? That's the dude you gotta worry about. Right. That's the real, that's the real G in the room. Mm -hmm. This kid, Damon, I call him a kid because you know, everybody's yeah. a kid to me now. Mm -hmm. Y'all younger, <laughs> kids. Uh he did a stupid thing. Yeah. He did a stupid thing by getting online with it. But here's the layer to it. Here's the onion layer to this. Mm -hmm. The NFL 
when I think of the NFL, I think about America. I think about all the things Americans value because mm-hmm. that fan base is like, to me, the ultra American. It's the uber American. It's the, you know, of America. And these Americans love guns. They mm-hmm. love their guns. They this love their guns. If Damon was a white guy with a gun, if he was drunk mm-hmm. with a gun, you know, doing some party stuff with a rifle in his hand, yeah. how would it, would it look different? But because right. he got online and he started spitting his mouth off with, you know, woo, 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 right. making threats in a sense. Uh, I don't know if those threats were aimed at a specific person or not, but it seemed threatening. Right. Uh, it looks different, right? So there's layers to this thing. You can you can argue either way. Well, maybe the punishment was a little bit too harsh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because of these things. Right. America loves their guns now, yeah. you know. <laughs> But do they love them when they are attached to black bodies? That's the that's that's the layer. You know, I've been thinking, I was thinking about this when you sent me the topics, I was thinking about this a lot. I was like, man, this kid's stupid. Let's let's yeah. just call it what it is. Kid <laughs> uh, but he's being punished for something that America treasures. Yeah. Essentially. I will and so I, I don't know if it's necessarily. I think if he had just been posing with a gun, because we've seen all of that, I think it's the I think it's the threatening posture, and we know that the NFL and everything really in society is political. But off of the heels of Henry Ruggs, the Raiders were already getting bad press all the way back from, right. you know, uh, John Gruden. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to go through that whole John Gruden thing, then to get to the point of, all right. Henry Ruggs does what he does and brings right. a, some more negative attention to the team. Are they at least having there. a winning season? Oh yeah, they 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 actually I believe they're in first place in in their division. Okay, good. Well, yeah, that, I mean that's a redeem redeeming quality. I yeah. Suppose. <laughs> <laughs> they they doing they doing something right. At least they doing something on the field right, Lord. <laughs> yeah. Nah, but uh, it, it's just you can't do that. You know what I'm saying? You know. You should I you should be aware of the optics, yes. Yeah, definitely. You definitely should be aware of the op- optics, aware of your surroundings, and just aware of the times, man. You know. Yeah. This is right yeah. off of the hills of Henry Ruggs. Everything's not going to be received in the way that you might mean it to be received. Right. Uh, everything's not going to be brushed off because when you put things out there in the world, you immortalize it. When you put things out there on social media, you immortalize it. Yeah. Uh, for somebody to see forever and ever. That's just yeah. how it goes. That's how it is. All right. Let's uh let's transition to um Spencer Rattler. And for those of you who don't know, Spencer Rattler it was the starting quarterback of the Oklahoma University Sooners. Um and keyword was was. <laughs> so he was yeah. the, he was the starting quarterback um a few weeks back in the middle of the Red River shootout, which is a rivalry game where the Oklahoma Sooners play against the Texas Longhorns. He ended up losing this, uh, he ended up losing the starting position. He ended up losing it the week after officially, but the way that his replacement came in and played kind of solidified it. And the issue is that Spencer Rattler was looked at because he was a redshirt sophomore and eligible to go to the NFL. He was looked at as a top five draft pick 
coming out next year's draft. But because the first few games of this season, he hadn't played so well, Caleb Williams, who DC native from Gonzaga High School, um, he was the number one quarterback in his recruiting class. So he's a freshman at Oklahoma. He came in and played like that number one recruit that he is. And he basically showed just showed took over. Out. Yeah. He basically took over Spencer, Spencer Rattler's uh, spot. Um, now, Spencer Rattler, uh, because of this new NIL, and for those of you who don't know what that is, name, image, likeness, um, it lets college athletes be able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. And so Spencer Bum-bum. Rattler was able to do that. He was given enough money um, from promotional you know, opportunities to buy himself a house. Um, he was able to get two cars. And so now that he's no longer the, the, the starting quarterback um, and no longer um, a, a projected top five draft pick in this upcoming draft, um, the question kind of came up, has he gotten a raw deal? What do you think about that? Man, football is very much what have you done for me lately. Yeah. Um, from a standpoint of this young brother's career, Spencer's career, uh, you want to see him get some highlights. You know, you want to see mm-hmm. him propel himself. You want to help him propel himself, hopefully, uh, into a good spot, you know, when he makes that leap over to mm-hmm. professional. From a team standpoint, you are the Oklahoma Sooners, yes? Mm-hmm. And you have a team to run and a team to manage, and you can't sit here and suffer through, uh, you know, the attempt to get career highlights if you're attempting to have a winning season. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the other dynamics are in the coaching office and executive office of that team. Uh, if the coach may be on his way out, if, you know, if, if there are some specific people in that, in that head office that may be on their way out, then there, there's a significant dynamic there that's impacting this decision as well. But hey, give the freshman brother his his Caleb. Caleb Annie from the Annie yeah. from Annie Gang Gang from yeah. the home. Uh-huh. Man, give that brother. Hey, if he's going out there, she showed up and showed out. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Right. Um, like I said, you wish Spencer would come out there and do the same. It's the same thing as West. We, we talked about this is with Westbrook. Mm-hmm. You wish he would come out there and be explosive and give the yeah. people what they want. Right. He ain't giving the people what they want. Guess what? That's why you have a QB too. Mm-hmm. Your depth chart. You're only as good as your depth chart, especially yeah. in college. Right. You know, everybody's not going to make it, make it, make it the best game it can be. Mm-hmm. But the, from a college standpoint, they got to move on. They got to keep moving forward. Yeah. And if you know, the brother Spencer gets another chance to show out. Great. But for mm-hmm. right now, he's got to be QB too. He got the motor. Yeah. Um, I think that he, he, he's probably going to transfer um, mm-hmm. because when a freshman quarterback comes in and plays the way that Caleb Williams has played, it's not likely that he'll get his spot back. And, you know, we talked about how everything in the society is political, you know, on some level. And so I was surprised that the head coach made this decision because Spencer Rattler was one of the Heisman hopefuls when he came into the season. Now, while he had struggled, 
you know, I don't know that his name was completely taken off of that board. And so if he had have put together some games, um, he may have been able to still be in that conversation. And so I wasn't expecting the switch to Caleb Williams on a more permanent basis, but I think the fan base called for it because Rattler has been rather inconsistent the last, not even the last few games. I think towards the end of last season, he, he was also showing some of that inconsistency. I think with him having a really good game in their bowl game that they played, I, I want to say it was against, against Northwestern. Um, and he did really good in that game. And I think that bought him, you know, it bought him a little more time. And so um, I was surprised they made that call. But I think for Sooners fans who see that, you know, it's possible to win a national championship this year, even with a freshman quarterback, it's a, it's a no-brainer for them. And, and, you know, I think it's good. I think that when the best player is playing, you know, I think that it's good to, to give them that opportunity because it everything shouldn't be political. The best player should play. And that's just it. Yeah. What, uh, what my man Jalen Rose say, God did give the people, people. give the people, people what, what they, they want. want. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Football is a very much so what have you done for me lately sport. Yeah. Um, keep it moving. Uh, good luck to both of those guys, you know? All right. So, man, I, I think um, after seeing all that I've seen around this topic, um, I think my, my look on Kyrie Irving's stance with not necessarily with taking the vaccine, but Kyrie Irving's stance and the media's portrayal of it um, has kind of shifted. Initially, I felt like some of the criticism of Kyrie was warranted and not just because of his stance on the, uh, the vaccine, but more so um, just kind of the way that he does things. But after seeing all of this that's gone down with Aaron Rodgers, um, I had to ask the question, is the media keeping the same energy? Do you see these things as similar things and that the media is a little lighter on Aaron Rodgers than they are on Kyrie Irving? And to give a little bit of backstory, Kyrie Irving flat out said that he's unsure about the vaccine and he doesn't know if he wants to take it. He's not sure if he wants to put that in his body. And, you know, I guess that's his right. You know what I'm saying? So um, he was being ripped to shreds in the media um, by all media, but the loudest voices were um, some of our larger black media members like Stephen A. Smith, um, like Shannon Sharp, and, and just some other guys in the media that, you know, to me that I've been watching since um, I was, was younger. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this Aaron Rodgers thing came out and not only did he lie and say he was, he didn't say that he was vaccinated. He said he was immunized, which should have been a red flag to most of the media when they were watching it. That should have been a red flag, but um, he said he was immunized, which that hadn't been verbiage that was used by anybody in the medical community. Um, and so when it turns said, out that he, yeah, I, yeah, I got the chicken pox shot, yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no polio for me. Yeah. Right. And so instead of him coming out and just saying, like, I don't know what's up with this shot, I don't feel <laughs> like I should have to take it, he kind of 
was deceptive about it. Um, and given that, I've seen some of the same, not necessarily uh, Shannon Sharp, but um, some other Black media members who didn't have as loud of a voice with you know their opinion about what Aaron Rodgers did in line and what Kyrie Irving did in telling the truth about his stance on the vaccine. What are your thoughts on that, bro? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the resident uh, self-righteous and socially conscious <laughs> brother that I am. Um, and so I have to I have to get this out there. Yeah. First off, first and foremost, get vaccinated, people. Um, the the benefits of it outweigh you sitting there and trying to find out what happens if you don't get vaccinated. Okay, just do your research. We've been doing inoculation since West Africa, yeah. right? So get vaccinated. Um, Kyrie Irving. Uh, this is the same brother that said the earth is flat or you don't know if the earth is round. Uh, this is the same brother that seems to go from team to team and causes some sort of locker room strife, uh, ultimately causing the team to either, you know, um, to, to, to go through something. Anyway, yeah. uh, I didn't agree with Kyrie Irving and I still don't agree with, him, with, with his stance, but he took a stance. Yeah. You ain't got to like it, but you got to respect it. I respect that he took a stance and he is now living the consequence of taking that stance. Okay. Uh, the media was unfair to him as they are to people that look like him, people that look like us. That's since the beginning of time, the media has been unfair to him, but he took a stance. And like I said, the venom that came with that is because he took a stance, he's on that side of the rope. Uh, you ain't got to like it, but you got to respect it. And the mm -hmm. fact that people respect him so much as a ball player, we know that brother is talented. Mm -hmm. It frustrates me to high hell that he is not playing in the NBA right now because I love to watch the brother play ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the other side of that, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers told was called a little white lie. <laughs> it's real term, little white lie. It, it dates back to the days where the definition of black and white was uh, white was pure. Everything that was pure in the world was white, <clears throat> is the symbol of whiteness. Black was anti or uh, evil, you know, blackness, the absence of, of white. Aaron Rodgers went out there and told a little white lie. Said, I'm immunized, got a couple laughs, you know. And, and everybody went on about their business. They didn't even look into it. They didn't even do a discount double check uh, <laughs> to see if my man was lying or not because he gets a pass. He's, you know, American quarterback in the NFL, all, you know, white bread. <laughs> he told a little white lie. I'll tie it into everything else that's going on in the ether right now. Got this guy, Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, who took it upon himself to shoot a couple of protesters. Um, you know, he drove across state lines <laughs> to do. His mom dropped him off, apparently, at this protest with a rifle. Didn't question, didn't discount, double check that shit either. Mm. She just said, oh, yeah, have a good time, honey. Let me know when you're ready. 
He gets out, shoots two people, kills two people. He get up there on the stand the other day. Ugly cry, ugly cry. And it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a cry. It was a cry. Yeah. It was a little white cry. <laughs> and you can see right through it. Yeah. You can see right through it. My issue is that we are constantly repeating history. Mm. We are excusing the little white lies mm. that ultimately amount to casualties, that ultimately amount to the spread of disease, yeah. the real threat of the spread of disease. Mm -hmm. What are we, what is this, 1812? What? Is, what, is, what? Yeah. You giving out disease blankets, Aaron Rodgers? What's going on? That's your, <laughs> that's your ancestry. This is the result of the little white lie. Mm -hmm. For that reason, I I wish that there was so much more venom coming at Aaron Rodgers. Because we are bound to repeat this same. Can I cuss? Huh? I'm trying not to cuss. <laughs> no, but we are bound to repeat up, this thing. Okay. Uh -huh. We excuse the little white lies that amount to big casualties and big problems for other people. Yeah. At least Kyrie Irving took a stance. Exactly. I don't agree with the brother's stance. I don't. I, I know the Earth is wrong. Mm -hmm. He took, one, he took a stance, yeah. and it's like, like I said, when somebody takes a stand on something, you ain't gotta like them. You actually hate them more, but you respect them when he walk in the room because you know where he stands. Right. And Rogers, I don't know where he stands. Right. We do know now because he's talking to Joe Rogan and. All these people uh, now, where he could have been saying this a long time ago, he instead went and endangered. He was forced to take a stance. He went and endangered his teammates. He went and endangered the staff over there at the Packers. He went and endangered the people in that stadium that come and root for him. He don't even know it. Right. He don't care because he knows that he has the backup of the little white. I just told a little white lie. Mm -hmm. I yeah. wish there was so much more darts coming at him. Yeah. So shout out to Kyrie Irving. I wish yeah. you were playing in the NBA. Me and too. I respect you. Yeah. And 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 the ridiculous thing about this is, is that you know, because of the the NBA isn't who implemented like you had to be vaccinated or you can't play. While they wanted their players to be vaccinated, it's the cities and the states that these uh, professional organizations are in that are requiring them to be vaccinated to be in an indoor space, right? And so all Aaron Rodgers had to really say is, I don't agree with the vaccination. I'm gonna do some, you know what I'm saying, natural methods to, that's all he had to say. There wouldn't have been any backlash from the standpoint of he wouldn't have been able to play games. People would have just looked at him away and you know, my thing is, you say that all of the people that he endangered, those same media members who were in that room when he said that he was um, immunized, he didn't have a mask on. You know, he didn't just have double check it at all. Yeah, it, it, to me, and it's funny because Rudy Gobert got so much, you know, backlash when before this was before the bubble. This was back when we first. Uh, you know what I'm saying, started experiencing COVID, 
And he started touching all of the mics, trying to be funny. And he eventually ended up getting COVID. And so to me, this isn't really much different because we know what COVID is now. And we know how it's affected us in that span of time. And Aaron Rodgers still made the decision, oh, I'm going to, like, it ain't a big deal to me. So I'm going to come in here and do and have these conversations with these media members and I don't have a mask on, you know. And so it's just, I, it's frustrating to see because I, I agree with everything you just said. Like, I don't agree with Kyrie Irving's stance either. And and you know me, bro, I'm, a, I'm an anti-vaxxer. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I went and got the vaccine. Hey, I went and got the booster. <laughs> you know what I'm I saying? Think, I so, think you, 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 I wouldn't say, I wouldn't label you as an anti-vaxxer per se. Yeah. I would just, I would say that you are, you have a healthy distrust for yeah. uh, American medicine, which That's we true. all do, yeah. which we all do. Right. But we do these things because scientifically it makes sense or yeah. institutions require these things right. or because people like Kyrie Irving exist. Yeah. <laughs> people like Aaron right. Rodgers exist. And we just yeah. know that we won't be in a situation where I'm going to have to be in a room with somebody who has thoughts and they want to do their own research. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be vaccinated. I'm going to be a little bit more protected though. Yeah. Um, you know, and like I said, it's nothing new. It's nothing new. We've been doing this since West Africa. Do your research right. on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, what was the brother's name? I don't want to misquote his name, but uh, it was a West African brother came over and taught, you know, the pilgrims about uh, the mm. settlers, the colonial settlers about inoculation. And so do your research there. Start yeah. there. I would tell people to start there. But get vaccinated, people. It's save save some lives, man. We done, we done been through the same thing. Here's another cycle of history repeating itself. And right. We not learned nothing from it. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but no, I definitely wish Aaron Rodgers uh, got the same amount of energy, same amount of value yeah. as Kyrie. And yeah, I respect yeah, Kyrie a whole lot more. Definitely. Definitely. All right, bro, let's move on to the Scott Frost topic, man. And this, I, I, so I thought about it in this way, right? Um, well, let me give a little bit about what he did. So Scott Frost um, was, he is the head coach of the University of Nebraska Cornhuskers, their football team. He's a head coach. But not only that, he is a former quarterback, former starting quarterback for the University of Nebraska. And so he's an alumni hire. He did a really good job at the University of Central Florida, which made his, you know, his stock rise for him to be able to get a position like this. But since he's been at Nebraska, um, he hasn't had really many good recruiting classes and um, his record um, is terrible. I believe it's somewhere around seven and 15, maybe even worse than that. Let me, uh, excuse me, 15 and 27. Mm. And so okay. um, one of the, the ways that I looked at this was, I was like, man, if I had to save myself <laughs> to kill my friends and I know I'm being you know hyperbolic when I say this <laughs> to kill my friends I had to kill my friends to save myself like would I do that because career-wise it's essentially what he did he's a head coach and in order to save himself because he still wanted to be the head coach of this program four of his offensive assistants he had to fire 
and he had to take a 50% pay cut. He was due $15 million over this contract. And he had to take a pay cut to $7.5 million. Um, he had a $15 million buyout clause, and he reduced that to $7.5 million. And so, to, in my opinion, making them even more expendable because he costs less money to you. Um, and even if he gets to keep his job for even just a little while, maybe the end of the season or maybe the end of next season, would you really fire your friends in order to do that? Um, what did you see? What did you think when you saw this topic in this story? Oh man, it's uh. So you, my brother, man. We brothers. Mm-hmm. We've been brothers a long time, yeah. and uh, as brothers, we're able to hold each other accountable. We should hold each other accountable all the yeah. time. When, when I mess up, you tell me, "Oh, you mm-hmm. you're screwing this up, man." Yeah. And when you mess up, I tell you, bro, (laughs) you stepped in it. You put your foot in it. So there's an accountability measure there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been in business together, you know. Mm -hmm. We're in business together. And if I felt Mm -hmm. like in any way you were slacking, I would come to you and tell you before I made any hasty decisions to move forward without you. Mm -hmm. That would be my very last resort. Mm -hmm. 15 and 27 ain't a lot of games. Yeah. That's uh, how many seasons? Two and a half seasons? Just a couple seasons. You know, that's not a lot of games. Yeah, that's not a lot. Almost three. Yeah, about three seasons. Almost three seasons, yeah. That's not a lot of games. Mm -hmm. Um, I would challenge you. I'd say, you know, look, we ain't got got much time here. Mm -hmm. I do respect the pay cut. I do respect the pay cut. Yeah. I feel like, like it goes back to what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Right, the program's got to keep moving. University of Nebraska's got to keep moving, and they're right. spending this money on this program to see some results. Right, you know, uh, how many seasons are they going to sit through until the coaching staff figures it out? Right, uh, if he's saying that this was the absolute last result, last mm-hmm. resort, if this was the absolute last effort, and these people didn't couldn't give no more. Mm-hmm. than what they were given. I get it. I understand. I don't like it. Yeah. But I respect it. Right. If you didn't have that, if you didn't communicate first, if you didn't talk first and say, hey, look, y'all funking this up, man. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. But then there's also that accountability for himself. Like I said, I respect the pay cut so much because mm-hmm. it's like he took that accountability on himself. Right. After Even after he cut his friend, he swept the leg with his friend. Yeah. So I respect. It. I respect. It. So I, the dirty I, game. After after hearing this whole story, and after even just listening to what you just said, I thought about the fact that um, I've actually experienced this. Um, shout out to my college head coach, um, the, well, the one that I had for the longest amount of time, Coach Ray Petty. Um, shout out to him and his family, man. I, I love them so much. Um, shout out to HU. Yeah, shout out to HU, real HU, <laughs> <laughs> Howard University. No, but but um, I, I think Coach Petty was faced with the same sort of dilemma. Not um, his last season, he went with a, a different offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator that we had for the years prior, he, in my opinion, 
shout out to Coach Cochran one because I never had an issue with him personally. But as a member of the defense, um, we're pitching shutouts and our offense isn't scoring any points. And so that was very frustrating. And so to think about, you know, the fact that Coach Cockhorn, you know, I think Coach Petty was either he was Coach Petty's uh, the, the godfather to his kids or, or vice versa. Um, and the last season that Coach Petty got to, to coach with us, 2006, he ended up having to get rid of Coach Cockhorn and, and bring in another offensive coordinator. Um, unfortunately, he was a few seasons too late because all of those defensive players that we had aged out, aged out. They they graduated. Shout out to to Antoine Bethea who just had his graduation party doing Howard's homecoming weekend. He just re retired from a from a very illustrious NFL career. Um, he had just graduated. You know what I'm saying? And so you didn't have him anymore. And then myself and a couple of other defensive players. Um, we got injured that year. And so even with that, Coach Petty had a, a really respectable season. I think they ended the season five and six after being down maybe seven or eight players, seven or eight starters on both sides of the ball. Um, I, and I say all of that to say, I, I didn't mean to give y'all so much detail, but I say all that to say like he had to good. fire, he had to fire his, his, one of his friends, one of his close friends. And so you know, I know he hated to have to do that, but it needed to be done. And so in reflecting on the fact that I've actually been in this situation, I understand why. So while I do respect the fact, I, I guess it was the, 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 you know, when Coach Petty did it, this wasn't something that came out in the media. This wasn't something that, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, this wasn't something that was publicized. Right, and I think, right, right it being publicized and him making statements about it is, I guess, what kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, mm. Take the pay cut, you know what I'm saying? And I get it, I get why you, you take the pay cut, you know what I'm saying? This is your alma mater. If I get the opportunity to go be the athletic director at Howard University, I'm gonna jump at it. But I think what you do when you fire your staff, especially in the middle of the season like this, is that you make it very hard to hire other staff members mm. because th there's a level of trust that exists amongst coaches. Now, this is something that that should have either been done before the season started or at the end of the season. And I think what I agree, I agree with that. Yeah, in the middle of the season, kind of you, you you put a dark cloud over yourself as a head coach because assistant coaches in college football only get one year deals. They don't get like a four or five year contract like the head coach gets. Their, their thing is year to year. So there's already a lack of security in having that type of job. And so to be fired in the middle of the season where if you're, you're an offensive coach who moved your, your family across the country to have this job, you know, to be fired in the middle of the season is kind of a slap in the face. And I think it's going to be very difficult for him to hire any quality offensive coaches, which in my opinion makes it, it would have made it better for him to just, unfortunately this is your alma mater, just either resign because as the head coach, while your, your offensive you know, staff isn't getting the job done, that, that still is a reflection of you because you hired him. Right. 
And so you put yourself on solid footing to either go back to Central Florida, where you had the most success, or go to another school who will be glad to have you, where you may not make as much money, but you would have the respect. And so- Start I, fresh. I, yeah. Some of that respect is going to be lost you know, for him by some of those assistants out there who may be looking to get a job and think to themselves, nah, I can't fool with him because it's a possibility that he'd fire me in the middle of the season. Or, and then on the, on the other end of that is him publicizing it because that's him putting out the job description and saying that I cleared house and yeah. if you want a job, come and get a job. Right. You know, it's a very shook night of him. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> right. Um, you know, yeah, no, every, I agree with everything you just said, bro. Um, mm-hmm. The way you do things has a ripple effect. Yeah. The way you did it has more of a ripple effect than what you actually did sometimes. Uh, and so, yeah, I get it. This this is putting out that kind of warning for him. It's a disclaimer on him mm-hmm. and saying, yeah, okay, I'm going to come work for you and, and try to do my best, but you might snip me at any time. You yeah. know, I, I have this precedence now. See what you do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know that they, the assistant coaches only get one year. Mm-hmm. That's amazing to me. And so yeah. I'm wondering what kind of protections they have built in. Like, I'm pretty sure they got paid for the rest of the year. Sure, yeah. If they negotiated that, I don't know what those contracts look like, but I'm right. I'm now intrigued. I want to yeah. know. <laughs> no, nah, definitely. That's definitely something for us to look up. I believe, like, if you get fired, you still get your pay for the rest of the year. You have to, because um, like you said, you're moving, you're making a commitment to move across the country. Right. And who wants to live in Nebraska? Sorry, Nebraska, but who wants no, to live no, in Nebraska I, outside of Nebraskans? Sorry, Gabrielle Union. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gabby Union. Yeah. <laughs> man. But yeah, man, that's it on topics, man. Um, I think this was a this was a good uh this was a good segment, man. We got to we got to dig into um a bunch of good stuff, man. I enjoyed it, man. What I'm taking away from it is that there's politics in everything. Uh, yeah. In sports, there's so many politics involved. Um, you know, it's just hard to not be politically conscious. Yeah. And I wish that more folks were politically conscious of the moves that they make before they make them. Exactly. You know, tied back to Brother Damon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, tie back to, to, to Brother Aaron Rodgers, you know, yeah. which people were just more politically conscious of how they're doing things before they do. You know? Yeah. All right, brother. This is uh, this is our real roll call, man. This is a new segment we just added within the past few weeks. And basically, we're going to run through all of these topics um, on, on our on our docket for the real roll call. And so first thing to come to mind when I when I throw it out, man, you just tell me you know, what you think about it. Now, Vanessa Bryant, who is the widow of the late great Kobe Bryant, um, is alleging a cover-up of, you know, the police department who was on scene when, you know, her husband and daughter perished in a helicopter accident. So she's alleging the cover-up from the entire, not just the police department, but the entire, um, the entirety of, the government of that city you know I, I can't remember the exact which city it was mm-hmm. um, but what do you think about it? give her all the monies um yeah. i think i remember that day i remember the yeah. day 
because hearing the news was like, what? People tripping. Like, Kobe ain't that. Kobe can't. Yeah. No. Uh, I think I might have seen the pictures of the crash before she did. Wow. You know, I remember yeah. that day how fast things were moving mm -hmm. because everybody needed to know up to the minute what was going on. Right. Uh, I don't think she got a chance to process it before the general public did. Give her all the mics. Yeah. I, it shouldn't even be a question at this point. And I, I saw that they tried to do like a, some type of psych evaluation on her or I don't know if it was a psych evaluation. I think they just kind of, somebody kind of put out put it out there, you know, How do you measure a person? How do you measure a widow? Uh, right. How do you measure that measure their psyche? What yeah. by what measure? Right, and I think I think that's what they were trying to do to her, like that she wasn't thinking clearly because she was grieving in this, that, and third. But yeah, give her all the monies. Yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> all right, the seventy sixers, the seventy sixers uh, are dominant without Ben Simmons. <laughs> what do you think about that? Uh, I love it. Um, it's the nature of the game for me, man. Mm -hmm. It's the pickup game of basketball. It's, nice you know, hey, uh, you some trash. You ain't running with me next game. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I told you this. I told you this offline, but I love Joel Embiid. I love mm -hmm. what he does as a center. I love that he's a general on that team and he controls the volume and the movement. Uh, and so best of wishes to the 76ers until they play my Wizards. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, I, I, yeah, you, and we talked, like I you said, we talked about this offline. all season when they play, the, I want them to lose yeah. all season when they play my Wizards. Yeah. So far, my Wizards in first place. Shout out to my Wizards, though. Oh, yeah. Cool's doing his thing, man. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big Joel Embiid fan, man. I remember when he was coming out of Kansas, and I just, Joel Embiid and Steph Curry were the reason why I bought stock in Under Armour, because I just felt like both of them together being under Under Armour were going to raise the price of the stock now they haven't done it to the level that i would expect them to but this is under you know what I'm saying? This is yeah I, I was saying it to say like his personality i felt like was going to be a thing that was going to raise you know um yeah. the, the the i guess the awareness of the shoe but the you know the price of the stock as an aside under armor people don't think of you as fashion they think of you as utility yeah. play up the utility and less the fashion yeah Definitely. That's my two cents because I don't want y'all to lose them as a potential sponsor for this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into the next one, man. Zion Williamson's weight issue. That man looked like an arcade game. He <laughs> built like <laughs> that man is built like a launcher. Uh, oh, man. No. You know, so you had the big baby Davis's. I'm trying to compare him to something that we've seen before. I think to, Big Baby Davis is a good comparison. Big Baby Davis, uh, but I'm trying to, it's somebody else who I'm- Keep track the trailer. Yeah, so there's a number of, of big body yeah. basketball players. He does look like a football player on the court. I will mm -hmm. say that he, that man looks like a linebacker playing uh, shooting guard. Yeah. Um, what I do like about Zion is his speed despite his weight. Yeah, uh, he's very a truck. Explosive. Yeah, very explosive. He's a truck. Cause you don't want to get in the way and take that offensive mm -hmm. foul. Um, and that's all. very dangerous in the game of basketball. Um, but how many fast breaks are they going to get in the game to where he can actually display that talent? Uh, how much of the playbook revolves around him being nimble? Mm -hmm. uh, and is he able to meet that demand? And so I think he could, he could 
probably lose a few pounds, brother. Mm-hmm. More Get in few. shape, at least, you know, maintain it to where it's all solid uh, muscle and not necessarily uh, lawn chair flab. Yeah. That's what I'm I'm coining that term. Hashtag lawn chair flab. Like, <laughs> flab. He's he's a dad bod on the court. Mm-hmm. I've I've been in this situation on both sides of the spectrum where um I've gotten an injury and gained a lot of weight. And I've gotten an injury um and made sure that I was in the gym and I was eating properly and that my nutrition was right and that I was making sure that I was like in the in the best shape of my life. And yep. so I understand a little bit of what's happening here. He's in New Orleans. He's eating good. Man, you ever had beignets? New Orleans you know that you can't food. have just one. Shout wow. <laughs> out to New Orleans. Yeah, so I think that's what's going on with him, man, but he is going to at his size, he's going he's going to continue to have injuries if he doesn't lose weight. So Zion, put the beignets now. Yeah, man. Stop going to mama's for lunch. Dinner. Right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cam Newton signs back with the Panthers. What did you think about that? Man, uh, I love Cam Newton for a number of reasons. Um, <laughs> go go where they go where they uh, treasure you, brother. Go yeah. where they're gonna allow you to be you. I was hoping him and OBJ ended up on the same squad. Um, but uh, OBJ, I think, signed with the Rams. And so that's the latest there. But uh, go where they treasure you, man. Mm-hmm. They treat you like a king down in Panthers land. Be a king. And yeah. show up and show out. Well, I think that's the only place. Not the only place. But I think that's one of the places where he could have gone to go play immediately. And so um i was yeah. good with it it's funny ronnie and i were having a conversation last night and she was like well why would he want to go back there if that was the place that kind of let him go um and, and it's one of those sometimes you go like, back to an old job sometimes yeah. you gotta go back to job. yeah and i i was i was explaining to her that you know with the nfl being what it is it's one of those things where you you kind of got to go where the where they want you because nobody else is offering him a contract or at least not one i guess fitting of who Cam Newton is. And so um, I ain't had no problem well, with it. Like, I think I think it was good for him to be back in the league. Now we get to see what he does post-Ron Rivera Panthers era. Yeah. And so that's going to be the interesting dynamic to watch out for. Definitely. Um, even though I think Matt Rule is trash and I don't know how he got an NFL job. But that's a, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> All right, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr. to the Rams. What do you think about that? Uh, you know. He's a uh, – can we call him a veteran yet? Yeah, he's a veteran. He's a veteran he's player better. at this point. Mm-hmm. And he's still got some good feet. He's still got, he can still catch that ball one-handed. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of upside to him as a player. And I think, um, you know, you look at anybody's fantasy league right now, somebody in your team's going to – somebody's got OBJ, you know, that wide receiver slot uh, starting every week. Um, yeah. And that's just how it goes, man. He's got a lot of upside potential still to him in the game of football. And I just want to see it. I think we're all at this point right now where we just want to see that explosiveness that we once saw from all of these players, man. OBJ. Definitely. Definitely. Um, I think it was uh, a tremendous move for the Rams. A horrible move for Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup is on pace to break some, some wide receiver records. And I think probably receiving yards, which is right now, I think, held by Calvin Johnson. So if 
he ends up taking some of his targets. I think it's going to suck for him personally, but um, I, I think the Rams got enough to win a Super Bowl, man. They went and got um, – Oh, wow. Huh? I said, wow, that's a, that's yeah, a the, good prediction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they went and got uh, Von Miller from the Broncos right. last week. Right. And so they, they're stacking this team like like the, the Buccaneers did last year. And if we remember at the beginning of the season, the Rams beat the Bucs. And so – they they did nothing but get better. So I'm on right. it. I'm on it. I'm yeah. Ready. Best wishes to the Rams, man. Yeah. All right, bro. This this is the the time in the show where we, you know, we go mental health moment. And we pick out a, a, a story in sport where um you know someone is dealing with or battling with or helping someone else with their mental health. And this week we're gonna talk a little bit about Lane Johnson, who um is a player for wait still a player for the eagles <laughs> i saw the chiefs pop up here and i was like wait what the chiefs he's not playing for the chiefs but um player for the eagles man and um he was notably noticeably absent from three games in the season and when they um he probably could have kept it to himself because teams don't release that sort of information when a player is out. They may say that he's gone for personal reasons, which mm-hmm. last week we talked about um, Calvin Ridley, who plays for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they'll just say you're gone for personal reasons or, you know, mm-hmm. um, put something. They won't say that you're you're battling something with your mental health. And so Lane Johnson mm-hmm. talks a little bit about how anxiety has been an issue for him and how, you know, um, it's part of the reason why he hasn't played in the last, well, in three games this season. Um, he said he kept it to himself, kept it bottled up because he was kind of ashamed that that's the reason why he wasn't playing. And he told, he only told his dad and a few close friends. Um, I, I applaud the brother for, you know, there is a culture in football of just suck it up, you know what I'm saying, and go forward. And so, um I, I think a lot of former football players, because, you know, I've been having these conversations with some of my former teammates and they, they look at it as being soft and look at it as, you know, um, not being strong mentally. But I think it takes a lot of strength to kind of to, to go against that old, you know, that old thinking of just suck it up and play. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm going to suck it up and play and I'm not going to be any use to my team, then, then what am I doing? Right. And I regret I, I did the same thing my senior year, not from it wasn't a mental health issue or anything like that, but I was battling a knee issue and I wasn't very good <laughs> playing. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. experienced. I was a veteran. I was on the team. And I, I, I guess I helped in some ways, but I'm sure somebody else could have gotten out there and done a better job because I limped through the entire season. Um, and I'm still battling the effects of it now. And so when I talk about that, I'm speaking more of the mindset of suck it up and play. What'd you think about this story? I, uh, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for uh, exercising your mental health and getting your mental health right. Uh, I, you know, I've had bouts with mental health and I think a lot of brothers uh, our age and are trying to figure things out and, and do the best we can. Um, there is an assumption specifically in the game of uh, football, uh, but, but all across sports, there's an assumption that there's this plane with which 
you must achieve or you must rise to this plane mm-hmm. in order to play the game at this level. And that everybody is able to achieve that plane. Right. That's the assumption. Um, despite what you got going on at home, despite what's going on off the field, when you get on the field, you need to come and, you know, put all that aside. Yeah. We all, and I think we're learning this now more than ever, we all don't have the same capacity levels, yeah. right? So I'll give you an example, a very technical example. You look mm-hmm. at your iPhone, you look in your, in your general uh, it'll show you battery usage. It'll show you what your battery looks like and what your when your phone is fully functional at. My phone is fully functional at ninety one percent. Okay, my my little iPhone eight that I yeah. had because I'm not giving it up because of the home button uh-huh. uh, is fully functional at ninety one percent, which means I can I can charge it to hundred now. Mm-hmm. I, I usually try to keep it on hundred, but at ninety one, I'm gonna get peak performance from it. Yeah, brother Lane Johnson. His capacity might only call for him to be at peak performance at 91%. Mm-hmm. The team needs him to be at 100, mm-hmm. you know, all the time, every day, all day. Hit the, we need you at 100 every day, all day. But that's not where he's at. His mental capacity has to be at a certain plane, at a certain level for him to arise to what you want from him. And uh, yeah, man, I think we need to talk more about mental health. I think when men talk about mental health, it benefits the entire community. Uh, and so, yeah, man, especially in sports, we need to talk about mental health a lot more. Um, you can't just shut up and play. You can't just be another number on a jersey and you got a whole bunch of things going on off the field. You know, I, I feel for these brothers. I feel like a lot of the stuff that we see off the field is a, is a you know, I tie it back to the whole, we talked about Damon, from the Raiders, we talked about these brothers that are dealing with real, real life things off the court. We don't know how they feel, or think about things until they actually open their mouth and say something. Yeah. By that time, it's too late. The situation has already popped up, and so, you know, I don't like the way that they publicize it. Like you mentioned, you know, they said it was due to some mental health things. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's his business, obviously. But right. on the other end of that. They publicize it as a means to maybe encourage others to seek their own uh, remedy for for their mental health. And so, you know, it's a two-sided coin there. Uh, But yeah, you know, best wishes to brother. Yeah, definitely. Shout out to him for having the bravery to to come forward and say something. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Phil, good final thought. Man, this was was a good one, man. Our criteria for this uh, is Stephanie's like, you know, well, both of us, our criteria for this is uh, either it's something that make you smile or something that give you eyeball sweat, man. And this one um, <laughs> definitely had 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 us, you know, with a little bit of both. Um, Ashley Adamites is um, a high school cheerleader. Um, actually, no, she she was a high school cheerleader. Um, she is no longer in high school, but um, the story didn't get reported until late. Um, she was diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia, and she was surprised by the football team during her senior year, where the color orange is the color for leukemia, and she was surprised by every member of the football team 
went and laid an orange rose at her feet during the game. And so, man, that's beautiful, man, to, to see um, them show so much support for her in that way. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Shout out to that team. Shout out to Ashley. Yeah. I hope she's doing well. Yeah, man. And they 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 even, you know, when they talked about it on social media, they they posted and used the hashtag Ashley Strong. And so it was good to see, you know what I'm saying? I saw that. Okay, yeah. I saw that. Okay. All right. Yeah. It was good to see see them, you know, support her in that way. And so I, I think they all deserve, you know what I'm saying, some recognition, some kudos for being so selfless and shout Do out to Do you know the Ashley. name of the team? Um, it's a high school in Palo Cedro. California. Um, I don't it didn't say the name of the high school. It gotta be on here somewhere, but okay. All right. Um, yeah, I just want to give them a shout out if you could. Yeah, it never said the name of the high school. Okay. Um, it might be Palo Cedro High School. <laughs> um Word it up. says shout the, out the, to man. the Cougars on their uniform. So Cougars. Yeah, shout out to that. Shout out to the team, shout out to the high school, shout out to that whole community who I'm sure has you know supported this young lady and i pray that she's doing well wherever she is um and, and that she's all good well, all right bro we at the end of this episode man you know um is there anything that you're watching right now that you know has your attention that's been you know a good watch for you uh sports related or otherwise anything or anything yeah just in general <laughs> Uh, this season of Curb Your Enthusiasm has me in a chokehold. Okay, um, I'm a big Curb Your Enthusiasm fan. If you get Curb Enthusiasm humor, that's my humor. Uh, yeah, I just I love Larry David and his awkwardness and uh, with JB Smooth. Shout out to JB Smooth, but he he adds a lot to that show. show. Yeah, and it just cracks me up, man. Uh, they like three episodes in on the season already. And I, I just die laughing at it, man. That's my humor. <laughs> um, I saw The Harder They Fall. Great movie. Okay. Uh, you got to shout that out, too. Because um, yeah. I think it was a very good movie. Uh, there's some things there. I would critique about it, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm just going to say it's a great movie. Uh, we haven't seen that much Blackness on Cowboy, you know, in a Cowboy story in a Western since Posse. Shout out to Mario mm, Van Peebles. Yeah. Uh, but it made me want to go back and watch Posse. So I think I'm going to do that this weekend. Okay. Um, I think all of the stuff that I've been watching, um, I guess, you know what? Maybe maybe that Kanye Drink Champs interview is, is kind of what I would say. Um, I haven't finished the second part of it first, but I finished the first part. And I think I learned a lot by what he said. I think, and one of the things I, I kind of took away from him is, I think he's a brilliant mind that kind of struggles to articulate what he's thinking. You know what I'm saying? And so it kind of comes out and you're just like, what? But I, th I think that interview kind of let him explain a little more about some of the things that he was trying to get across that probably was conveyed in a, you know, in a not so digestible way. Um, so I mean, I think that's pretty much it, man. You know, everything else okay. I feel like okay. you know the BMFs and the insecures I've already you know put out there over the last couple of weeks. So I think that's a yeah. New one shout out to Issa Rae. Yeah, definitely. Well, all right, bro. We at the end of another one, man. I, and I know I just said that, but <laughs> no, I said this it a little is a good too one, early. 
<laughs> I'm, I'm very happy that y'all called on me to do this. I would do this a hundred more times just for y'all, man. Because I, yeah. I, I appreciate being in the passenger seat sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Indeed. Well, man, if you guys want to catch us, we we uh, you know, I know we've said this on the show before when we when shouting out L. Um, we do another podcast, the, the I Care Too Much podcast, and you can catch um, us there. Um, YouTube, YouTube, Spotify, yeah. Apple, we Apple. all over. So it's the hashtag I Care Too Much podcast. Yeah. Check us out. Tell them where they can find you at, you know what I'm saying, in your social media. Yeah, man, I go by him downstairs. Uh, <laughs> I got to say it like that because it's spelled like that. Him yeah. downstairs. S-T-R-Z, because him yeah. downstairs is, is usually or typically taken. Um, right. But yeah, H-I-M-D-O-W-N-S-T-R-Z on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, I kick the shit. I talk my shit. Uh, yeah. Excuse my language. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're also on YouTube. Like I said, the I Care Too Much podcast. Um, yeah, man. You know, shout out to y'all on the Field of the Real podcast. Been hanging out with y'all, man, this whole time. I'm a fan. Uh, y'all got my y'all got my 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 music on your uh, intro. That's exactly. your intro. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> from the fifty yard line. And so I, I appreciate hearing that all the time. Uh, yeah, you know, whenever I watch y'all show, and I do tune in, man. I love what y'all got going on. A shout out to Stephanie once again, man. Uh, hope I hope I did you justice filling in for you. Oh, of too. course, man. Of course, it's funny, man. I the, the as soon as we we created this podcast, I called you and. You know, I immediately I knew that you know we hadn't fully recorded that song. Well, your you know all of your vocals are recorded for it, but I hadn't recorded the verse yet. But I was just listening to you know I was like, man, this would be perfect to open up the podcast. And I called you, and immediately you was like, man, of course. And I was like, oh, that was easy. <laughs> Do it. I have no qualms with that, man. I enjoy yeah. hearing it, and uh, like I said, I just I enjoy y'all show, man, and the format and what's really right, who's really right, and I, yeah. I really enjoy it. So. Keep going, man. Keep keep going forward to feel to the real. Appreciate it, my brother. Um, well, if you want to get in touch with us, man, you can uh, reach out to us at our email account. That's at uh, that's excuse me, that's field the number two the real podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can reach out to us on social media. Our IG is at field the number two the real podcast. If you want to hit us on Twitter, it's at field the number two the real P1. Um, definitely go out to our facebook page where you can see the videos that we put out each week um our, our videos are connected from our youtube page where you can go um search for the field to the real podcast not with the number in it the field to the real podcast to um go ahead there you know what i'm saying subscribe like share comment all that good jazz um but this is the field to the real podcast and we out Peace. Now put the cameras on me, 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 put the cameras on me.